0: Uh, it's good to be with you, Riverhouse. For those of you who don't know, we announced that it may be a month ago. I am going to be on sabbatical, and this is my last Sunday with you for 12 entire weeks. Yeah. Why are you clapping? You're, you're that happy for me to leave? So happy for me to leave. Uh, I talked to somebody after that night, maybe a week later, they said, yeah, I had to Google after that night you announced, what is a sabbatical? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is kind of a different word. Uh, For those of you that don't know, it's really what it's derived from is the sense of a rhythm of output and then rest, like how every seven years the field will lay fallow uh, to allow for a replenishing of the nutrients in the soil. And uh, the heart behind this season that I'm taking, it's not uh, just to go on a big vacation or to have some time off for the sake of time off, but really it's to kind of to shut the valve of my mouth and all of the output and the sermons and the giving uh, and actually serve as a have a season where i'm just a learner and a listener and so jackie and i are really excited to go and Uh, We have a number of things planned. We have some open spaces as well, but a couple different ministries we're going to get to go and just be in their environment and drink of and receive from the Lord and kind of shut the mouth and turn the ears on, if you know what I mean, and uh, listen and and rest and let the the field lay fallow. And so that's what we're going to do, and we're really excited for that. And I'm also really excited for you and what's going to take place here. And the message that the Lord gave to me tonight is, it's pretty simple, but we've been having conversations uh, as a leadership team, as a pastoral team, with the elders, as a staff. And one of the things that I feel really strongly about this this opportunity and this season that we're all kind of walking into is that, that this is not just kind of like a pause, I'm going to go on a break, and then I'll get back on August 22nd, and then we'll click play, and we'll, you know, there'll be like a nice merry-go-round this summer, and then we'll get back, and we'll just go to kind of how things were, and we'll just keep going. Like, that was weird. Jordan was gone. Now he's back. Uh, that, that's kind of this mindset that I think we we don't really speak into times and seasons and opportunities like this, and so that's what we would get if we just left let it be a vacuum and say, I'm going to go on a break. I'll see you in a few weeks, and and we'll go back to things as normal. Uh, I believe that changes are going to happen in the next three months that aren't, are never going to go back. Like, God's actually gonna do a, a new thing, that there's new grace for new growth, and it's for you, and it's for me, and it's part of Jesus's leadership of the church. And we've used this language for the last five years, almost, of people movement. Have you heard this before? Wow, that's, that's really concerning. Okay. Apparently we're really new here. Uh, We are a people movement. The church is a people movement. It's grassroots. Jesus is about empowering people, getting down in the dirt with people, raising them up and seeing this face-to-face, person-to-person, transformative wave of of his presence and his uh, gospel going forth. And we're a people movement here. And really this summer I think is an opportunity to find out Uh, if it's just words or if we really are a people movement here at River House. And what I mean by that is this. Uh, We will discover if the DNA of a people movement is really inside of us. And a people movement would be different than the consumer mindset that's really widespread in Western Christianity right now, which is like I'm coming to kind of eat and receive and then I go and do my life. But a people movement is about coming to raise people up that get bigger, that then get bigger, that then multiply and go and exceed, right? And the reason that we're going to find out this summer if the DNA of a people movement really inside of us or if it's just a talk and it's a cool slogan that we, uh, that we kind of throw around here is, is going to be dictated by what we see take place this summer. Uh, if this summer, if the, if the mindset of the church that we kind of adopt is that Jordan's gone and we're going on a summer break, we're not really a people movement. And, and, and that's the case. If we kind of adopt a mindset that I'm going on a break and it's a summer break and we're just going to kind of, I'll come to church if I feel like it because he's gone and it's just the next people and they're just filling in or whatever, then that means we really at our deep down what you believe is that I'm leading the church. That, that's what it would mean. If we see this as a summer break, then, it, then that means that the kind of the group ethos, the belief is that Jordan Verner is leading Riverhouse Church. And now Jordan's gone, so we're kind of on break, and we're kind of holding pattern until he gets back. But if we believe that Jesus Christ is leading the church, this will be a season and an opportunity to step into new grace and new growth as He expresses new leadership in the house of God, and that will be a a a litmus test that will reveal that we have actually, or maybe we are becoming a people movement, because a people movement right isn't this? It's not about a person; it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus who offers himself and then he anoints leaders that offer things to the body of Christ and things happen and things get stirred. But at the heart of it, it's this decentralized, powerful expression that can't be stopped because it's a people movement. It's not about one person. It's bigger than one. It's only about one person, really. It's Jesus, not about anybody on earth. And so it can survive changes in leadership that wouldn't be able to change, that, that, that maybe you wouldn't be able to survive otherwise. Are you following with me just a little bit here? So I want to call us all, and I want to call you tonight, into a season of new grace and new growth. That's what I believe Jesus is authoring in this time, that this is actually him bringing a transition that's actually never going to go back. We're never going to go back to where we are right now. God is doing a new thing. There's new grace for new growth, and that's not just, I'm not just throwing out words right now. I want to articulate what I mean by this. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, this is Paul's most uh, full expression of his ecclesiology. Say ecclesiology. Ecclesiology, what does that mean? That just means the theology of the structure or the nature of the church. So it's him articulating his understanding of how the church actually works. And he is talking about the leadership of the church. And he says this, He's talking about Jesus. He says, and he, Jesus, this is verse 11. He says he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to to the fullness of Christ. That's a mouthful. Say equipping of the saints saints. for the work of ministry. ministry. So Jesus has given grace. He's, He's graced leaders, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. He's given this unique grace that he rests upon different types of leaders And this unique grace that's on multiple leaders is for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry so that we will actually grow into the full stature, say full stature, the full stature of Jesus so that we together can be a representation to our city that this is what Jesus is like. That's that's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of a people movement. It's multi-voiced, there's multiple graces that represent Jesus. Jesus is the apostle and the prophet and the pastor and the evangelist and the teacher. He's all of these things, but he gives this portion of himself in these different leadership graces. And this is how Jesus leads the church. He, he graces individuals with different grace for the equipping of the church, right? For the equipping of us for the work of ministry so that we can actually grow up and begin to look like Jesus. Are you with me? Okay, we're a people movement. Jesus leads the people movements by equipping different leaders, giving them different grace to raise us up. Right, the last five years of this church, we started a prayer meeting on I think it was June 5th or June 6th of 2016 so it was almost 5 years if who is here raise your hand if you were at that prayer meeting in that backyard yeah, yeah god has been faithful We started a prayer meeting, this little thing, and God has begun to just do this beautiful work and cultivate this family here at River House. In the last five years, the primary dispensation of grace has come through me, particularly in the pulpit and in the backside of the church and all the leadership. That I've been the primary conduit. Now, as we've grown, more and more people have come around me, but still, I've been the primary voice and the primary dispenser of this grace because there was pioneering grace that came upon me. Some people would say that's apostolic grace. That would be the word for a pioneer. Came upon me to build and pioneer this church. But what's taking place now in, in this season of God pulling me back to step away is that there's a formal transition taking place that we're never going to go back to of us maturing into the next phase of who we're going to become as a church and I don't want you to miss this I don't want you to just think that this is some kind of thing we do because it's a formality this isn't formality this is because we believe the spirit of God was speaking and this was his timing and this is how Jesus is leading right now and part of what he's leading is he's telling me to step back because he wants to do a new thing here Right? If we look at the leadership of God, there's something very unique about the leadership of God that is in no other form of leadership that we see on the earth. It's, it's one of the defining markers of kingdom leadership, and it flows from the heart of our God who is a meek God. Right? God is meek. And part of that meekness we see all throughout the scriptures in the way God the Father leads, and the way that Jesus led, and in the way that he commissioned us as his followers to lead as well. Right? We go all the way back to the garden, and God, we see this meek God who's also full of authority and so powerful and creative. Right? And so you've read Genesis 1 before? You know, he's making the birds and the bees and the... Uh, maybe that's not how it goes. Uh, he's he, in, in, in the trees and in the, in the fish. And he's, it's this crescendo of creation. He did make the birds and the bees. That's in there too. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? You've read the book. It's an awesome story. It just crescendos, and he's expressing his power and his creative authority, and he's speaking in the stars and the, in the sky and the seas and the earth, and then he makes man, then he makes woman, and it's so much better than man, right? And all these things are going on that God's just expressing himself, and then he does something that is extremely unexpected. Do you know what he does? He kind of steps back and he gives Adam authority. He steps back and he's like, I give you dominion to start naming all the animals. I give you dominion to start cultivating the ground. I, I give, I, I'm going now to step back in what God does because he's meek. He doesn't domineer and like, now I got my spectators. Watch me work strangely, in the most almost dramatic of, turn of events, he, he steps back, and he creates a void. He creates a space for Adam to rise. It's meekness. There's this silence that God seems to be quite comfortable with as a leader, where he, he kind of pulls back, and then he gives of his authority to the one that he made to rise in authority because he's wanting companionship. You know, it's like a, a, the heart of a father is, the, the job well done is that when their son becomes their friend one day, face to face. And th- we see this with God, right? And then we see Jesus comes on the scene, and you know, if, you know John the Baptist was his cousin? You know, sibling rivalries or cousin rivalries, stuff like that, right? We forget that that existed in the Bible. I'm not saying John and Jesus had a cousin rivalry. Probably not, because John was in the wilderness the whole time, drinking honey. Have you guys watched The Chosen? It's kind of funny. You know how Peter called—what does Peter call him? Like, Crazy John or something like that? You're like, man, this, that's probably true, right? Anyways, anyways, John the Baptist, right, he is a voice crying in the wilderness. And his entire life, he's in he's in the wilderness until— At some point, he begins preaching, and when he begins preaching, all these people start coming to the wilderness to get baptized. They don't know if John's the Messiah, but he's about to fulfill his calling. He's been told by the Father, the one that the Spirit rests upon. He's the Messiah. You have been sent ahead of him to make known to all of Israel, to prepare the way for them to recognize the Messiah, right? And and I don't think we catch sometimes that when we read about John the Baptist in the Scriptures, it is the ultimate expression of his significance in his ministry on the earth. Jesus comes, gets baptized, John reveals him to Israel, Andrew and Peter and all of them see this, right? John is the first stone, proverbial stone, that started the rock slide. But then after that point, what takes place? All of his followers start following Jesus. All his disciples start wanting to be discipled by Jesus. Just stay with me here. You might be asking, where does this have anything to do with you going on sabbatical? (laughs) Just stay with me here. And John's disciples come to him and say, John, they're all following Jesus. They're all following him. What do you think about this? And John says a statement that sometimes I think we miss the gravity of. Because we see the same meekness that we see in the Father. We see it in John the Baptist. And he says, he must increase. I must decrease. And John slowly decreased until he was executed. There was this willingness to step back and let the next generation rise, per se. Then Jesus, he, he goes to the cross, he dies, he resurrects three days later, all right, we felt the power of resurrection life in this room tonight. Jesus is, he's, he's reigning in glory. He's walking through walls, he's making them breakfast. I don't know why you do that after the resurrection, but Jesus is different than me. I'm probably like zapping thunderbolts, right? He's making them fish. Anyways, right, Jesus is back from the dead, right? If I am Jesus and I was just crucified by Rome and I'm raised from the dead, I am walking down the street of Jerusalem straight back to Pontius Pilate and be like, You can shoot me, but you can't knock me down. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm serious. But that's not what we see with Jesus. In the same dramatic twist of events, because Jesus is the Father, rather than exuding his alpha dog resurrection power, he's just not an alpha dog like the way we think of an alpha dog. He's meek he actually rather unceremoniously just leaves and says, I'm going back to heaven. Wait till the spirit comes. And he steps back and he creates space for the disciples to rise. God is relentlessly committed to the empowerment of Adam. That was his plan for all of us. That's the way his leadership works. He leads with a meek heart. And and part of kingdom leadership is that there must always be a commitment within the men and women that he's entrusted with spiritual authority, a commitment to meekness, which says at any given time, I'm willing to silently surrender to create space for someone else to rise. This is at the very essence of God's leadership. This is how he functions. This is how he operates. And I say this all, a rather long winded story, to say I believe this is what God is doing right now in Riverhouse. He's asking me to acquiesce. I want you to step back. I want you to surrender to silence. I want you to turn your mouth off. I want you to lose all forms of influence on the leadership of the church and, 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 and let go of control completely. Let the burden come off of you and Sabbath and rest and trust that I am God and trust that I'm the leader of the church, not you. And at the same time, hand the reins not just to God, but to other leaders within this community to create space for the fivefold to begin to express themselves here. I was commissioned by God to pioneer this church and, and I've played a role these five years that I'll never play again in the life of Riverhouse because it's not needed anymore. And I'm not saying that I won't have a role. I will have a role, but that's part of what Jackie and I have to go and re-navigate ourselves in this time is what is our role? What does this look like now? Who am I in this season? Right? Because things are always changing. It's one of the most constant things in life is that things change. We're not going anywhere. We're coming back to Boise. Uh, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying here. But what I am saying is that there's space, and God needs space for other leaders to rise up in this place, to see new grace begin to express themselves from new voices and new leaders in all types of different ways in this community, because new grace will bring new growth. And that's what we're all looking for, and that's what we're needing. Jesus is always authoring new life and new growth and new development in our midst. Uh, For us to become what's in Jesus' heart, this is essential, This is vital, that we recognize this as a community, and we actually bend and allow ourselves to change as the Spirit is leading us in this time. Uh, We have an incredible pastoral team. We meet every Tuesday morning, uh, and it's five of us, and I just want to briefly, like, they're going to be taking bigger role in these coming three months, and I just want to Uh, to just briefly kind of honor each one of them and just let you know of the grace of God that's resting upon them. Uh, The first two that I'm going to highlight are two that are going to be in this pulpit uh, frequently over the next 12 weeks. And first one is Justin Ross, Pastor Justin Ross of all of our revival groups. Yeah, you can clap. Uh, Justin pastors all of our revival group communities. And him and Tisha have been here four years now. Is that right? Uh, I'm just gonna gonna honor him so you guys will just see because he won't be able to say this about himself, but Justin is a lion in sheep's clothing. And if you know him, you'll know that that's true. And the more that you spend time around Justin, the more the authority and the wisdom of God just kind of jumps out at you. Like, I did not see that. But the more you talk, the more you dig, the more you get from him. Uh, Justin has a heart for the kingdom of God, and he has an ability to just articulate the way of the kingdom in such a relatable and a relational way, and he will draw you into a deeper well of understanding for how the kingdom is actually already at work in you and then how that affects everything that's going on in your life. Uh, Justin I could go on and on and on, but when you are around Justin Ross, things will just, you'll start to piece together things that you didn't piece together before. You'll start to see things you didn't see before. Your relationships in your life, you'll start to understand how you work and ecosystems and what's going on. He just has a grace of wisdom that's upon him. He has the gentleness and meekness of Jesus, and as you pull on him as a community, you're going to see new things begin to happen. The other thing I didn't even say is, he has the Father heart of God, and one of the things I love the most about Justin Ross is he has walked in his journey. He's yielded himself before the Father and allowed the Father to perfect his image within him. And we are living in a time in this country where the the, the image of a father is so marred we don't even know what a healthy father is. And Justin has spent a lot of time sitting before his father allowing him to teach him and mold him and shape him into what a father looks like. And I believe that God has raised up this man to make that image of the Father of God restored and perfected in our community and in our city we're blessed to have Justin Ross in this house yeah love you man Uh, the next person that will be in this pulpit frequently as well is Pastor AJ yeah I know you love him Uh, for those of you that have been through like deep waters and stuff you know we have we have five paradoxes that are our core values AJ's the sixth paradox of Riverhouse He's 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 young and he's old he's joyful and he's wise he's all types of things you can't really describe all within one person AJ's AJ's like Peter I mean Jackie I watched The Chosen some she's like AJ He's Peter. AJ and and my brother Riley, but AJ's like Peter, and Peter was a rock. And this is the thing, though, is Peter was not a rock because of his emotional stability or his story or his, like, all these... (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? AJ's like Peter. Peter was a rock because Peter clung to God in his weakness. And And because he so clung to God out of his weakness, God was not just strong in Peter, he was strong through Peter. And AJ has walked through many trials and many storms and many brokenness and many things that many of us could never relate with, honestly but he clings to God with a depth and a passion that is so powerful that the power of God is in his life and through his life. And I believe this even prophetically that we've only begun to see the beginning of the power of God that's going to be exuded through this man into this house and miracle power and supernatural power. And as, as we pull on the grace that's resting upon him, we're going to see new grace release into this place that we haven't seen before. Hallelujah! That's good news. Uh, uh, thirdly, is is uh, Pastor Johnny? He's our executive pastor. You won't you 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 won't hear his voice up here, but what you don't see that I want you to know is that he is an innovative leader that is. Just, he's like shrewd as a serpent and innocent as a dove at the same time. And he sees things and literally lays at night and dreams and thinks of the way this church is going to happen. And he sees this vision and he's constantly with the Lord. How are we going to see this vision come to pass? And he's going outside the status quo and he's challenging to think new and build bridges and do things that we haven't done and think creatively. And he just gets under each one of us as a staff and he challenges and he provokes and he asks questions and he's so committed to see us rise to be the best possible thing that we can possibly be to keep the families before us and the children's before us and all the different people in the church and how does this link together and how do we actually make this thing come to pass we are so blessed to have johnny glisten in this place i wouldn't be in ministry today if it wasn't for his ministry to me and his counsel to me throughout the entirety of the last like eight and a half years of my life in ministry so we are really blessed to have a leader uh, like Johnny that will be taking the reins of the organization uh, over this time uh, and in the time to come. And then lastly, Pastor Robin, also Pastor Mom. Uh, she carries the compassion of God, and any you've known it if you've been around her. She carries the heart of God, and it it continually blesses me and inspires me to see how she carries his heart when it's bleeding and when it's laughing and when it's hurting and when it's rejoicing, she just carries the heart of God and her heart for you, the people of this community is unlike anything I've ever seen. She, she prays and she cries to me about things that are going on and she carries the painful parts and she's in the, in it. And she's just so relentless uh, relentless to the the soul of this church and the people of this church and always fighting to make sure that they are seen and known and loved like it is her deepest passion to make us even as we grow big that we grow small uh, and I just absolutely love her I told you the other day I said mom you're the best pastor I know I was like you just you just she doesn't want the spotlight she doesn't want to be on the stage she doesn't want to do all that she just wants people to feel loved and seen and it makes a difference here and so I just you're a treasure and I love you in so many ways more than that. I highlight these four because they're the pastoral team that are going to be, you know, functioning in most leadership situations of the staff. But there are so many more that I could go on and on and on and on. And as things change, there's going to be new opportunities. And as spaces, as I step back and new spaces grow and other people have space, the ripple effect is so big. And I don't want you to miss the opportunity that this time has. There is new grace, and new grace brings new growth. And as new voices come on this stage and as new things are happening in different places, if we as a community will get low and start to honor the anointing and the grace, that's what causes it to flow into our lives. We have to get out of the mindset that it's about a personality or it's about a person. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ exercising his lordship in a city and he's wanting to do that here. And He has anointed many people and there's more things that we don't even know and unexpected things, but as new grace starts flowing, there's new opportunity and I want you to get under it and honor it and be hungry for it and and pull on it and, and yank it out of every person that's here and every person in every revival group setting, whatever it is. We have to be a people that recognize the grace of Jesus and recognize his leadership that is going to be flowing in this time. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I I want to call you lastly this to a growth mindset. Uh, One of the things of being uh, committed to a growth mindset is that we're we're embracing of change. My heart's soft to change. I'm allowing moldable things to take place in me. I'm not going to resist it. I think one of the calls of this house, there's entrepreneurial grace in this community. And entrepreneurs are early adopters. We jump on things. We try things different. We do things that we haven't done before. We think outside the box. We're being creative. And I want you to, in in the sense of being a church, I want us to think differently about this time. I want us to step out of the box and say, okay, God, I'm open. I'm open to change. I'm open to what you might want to do in me or around me. And and part of what I wanna speak to is I wanna bless you as a church to change and grow this summer. I wanna bless you to experience God in new ways. I wanna bless you to resonate with new voices. I want to bless you to experience and encounter God and maybe things that haven't happened here before. I want to bless you to come with anticipation that it could be better while I'm gone, and that's not being disloyal to me or disloyal to anything that's going on here. I want to bless you to change and to grow and to develop and to step more into who you are. I want to bless you. You might you might find, wow, I'm resonating with these messages in ways that I've never resonated with. That's not threatening. That's because there's different grace in the mix and Jesus is leading. So I bless you. I truly bless you with all my heart to go and be whatever it is that God's doing here. Steward it, pull on it, worship your hearts out and watch heaven move in this time. We're not taking a summer break. This is just a transition into what we are becoming as a community. And then I also want to ask you, uh, to, to bless Jackie and I to do the same, uh, to, to change and grow and allow God to do whatever he wants to do in us in this summer. Uh, we're going with open hands and open hearts, and even as we're still navigating almost one year of marriage, uh, we are we, like working, what does this mean for the both of us? What is this going to look like in the years to come and and, and do a new thing in us, God, for the new season that you're calling us to? And there's vulnerability to it. It's like, what does that look like? What does that mean? What's going to happen? We don't know, but we're really, really eager. And we just want to ask for your blessing and your prayers to allow us to go and be with God and to allow God to do whatever he wants in us. Uh, We're just yielded to him uh, and and we're just open handed And I think if we will all as a community, as a staff, as elders, as a church, walk this with open hands, we're going to allow God access to do whatever he wants to do. And we're going to see Jesus with greater clarity. Uh, The most important thing maybe that you get out of this whole night is that the, the, the goal of all of this is that we will become more deeply rooted and grounded in the reality that Jesus is leading us. Right? That's what we're all wanting to know. I think that's the question that everybody, either consciously or subconsciously, is asking when they come into any church community. Is Jesus leading here? Is Jesus leading here? Right? If, if we can, three months from now, get together and as we start sharing what God's doing and, and Jackie and I and what god been doing in the church and in the revival groups and from the pulpit and on the worship, and, and we're just and we're in awe, of everything that God's done, we all leave with a greater sense of peace and faith that Jesus is really the one that's leading. It's his anointing. It's his grace. It's his spirit. It's not about any personality. We're a people movement. We're a decentralized people movement. You can't stop a people movement. And this is our opportunity to become that in a greater way. I think when I was about 13 years old, My dad was in the Army Reserves, he got called up for a summer, it was kind of traumatic because you're like 13 and come home, my dad's going to the Army, we didn't know where for a while, and and, uh, long story short, he ended up going across the country for six months, and we spent like the whole summer and the fall, maybe it was a little less than that, but I remember like Riley and I stepped up in a way that we'd never stepped up before. We were like mowing the lawn, we're doing the dishes. I mean, I don't know if we were doing the dishes, but I remember we were mowing the lawn. We were were, were doing all these things, but I remember like our family unit, when dad was gone, we were functioning in a way like we rose to the occasion because it was our time. And I've been thinking about that in this time uh, the same, and I just want to call you all to raise to a new level and to take ownership of what this is. Uh, This is yours just as much as it's mine. Uh, we all have our part to play, but, but this is Jesus has invited us together to help create something that he says will change the, the world. That's what he says. He says, if, if you'll build my church, the gates of hell won't prevail. And there's all these promises of what the church will do. And you are building the church just as I am building this church. What you are sowing and creating and giving of yourself is doing, we're, we're all in this thing together and I think this season is to remind us of that. It's not about Jordan. I've played my role as grace has come upon me for my assignment and I've been obedient with the utmost of my heart. I can look at you all in the eye and say that I have poured my soul out like a drink offering upon the faith of this community. I've I've emptied everything that I have to give and I've played my heart before God. And now I I, I get to kind of walk into a a vulnerable place of letting go completely. And my trust is that as I acquiesce, as I step back into space, that leaders are going to arise and that I will come back to, to new giants in the making and new dynamics at play in this community. That's my dream. That's the longing of my heart is to just see this matriculate more and more and more and more and more. And so I'm entrusting all of you really with this space and it's been my dream. And it's when what I've sowed my, the passion of my youth into is this opportunity. And, and now I, I acquiesce. I'm stepping back in faith and, and just following the leadership of the Father and my heart and my prayers are for you, and I'm just believing that the dispensation of the anointing of what we experience tonight, there's more from the very heart of Jesus. And when it comes upon a life, it can do anything. Uh, that, that's my story, and I want my story to be your story. Not that you'd necessarily have to become a pastor, but that grace would come upon you and empower you to do something that you never thought you could before, and be a part of seeing God's kingdom come to a city. So I'm just going to pray a blessing and a, a releasing um, over all of you and, and over the, the pastoral team of this church. And uh, then I'm going to hand the mic over and I'm going to acquiesce. And uh, I will be back here, uh, just for those of you that are wondering, uh, August 22nd will be my first Sunday back. I won't be in the pulpit. I believe the next week will be my first time in the pulpit because we'll have a guest speaker that week. but yeah so uh you can you can pray for myself and jackie and uh we'd appreciate that but i'm just going to have you all stand Lord, I just have a sense that we're standing on holy ground, and we just acknowledge here in this quiet moment that you're the God of this community, that you're the leader of this church. And in this moment of transition, we all look to you as the good shepherd, as the meek leader who's building and creating a family that's going to change the world. and we all together just open our hands. And we tell you that we're willing for you to do whatever you wanna do. We're willing to change. We're willing to grow. We're willing to see things differently. We're willing to be challenged in new ways and to be encouraged in new ways. God, we're willing. And Lord, as I step back, God, my heart is that you will. You will fall, God. And that you will move in new ways. And that you'll come in new power and new grace. God, and I lift up Justin and AJ and Johnny and... Robin and all the other leaders, all the revival group leaders, God, all the staff, God, all, all the children and the youth and every person, God, that is offering themselves to this, God, and I just say more, God, fill this space, God, where you came on me for pioneering grace, God, just multiply now, and increase, God. Let grace fall upon whoever's in this pulpit. God, land upon Justin and AJ as they speak your word, God. Let it penetrate to the heart and the soul of this community, God. Land upon every leader, God. Land upon this house, God. And in the space that you're creating, God, let, let Adam arise, God. Let disciples arise, God. Let anointing increase, God. I just pray a blessing over this house, God. I bless it to grow. I bless it to Develop, I bless it to grow to new heights. God, I bless giants to arise. God, I bless dreams to awaken. I bless bless new new shifts. God, new 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 ministries, new things. God, new expressions of worship, new revelation. God, new new new. Do whatever you want to do. Just make us look like Jesus, God. That's our desperate cry, God. Is that we will look like Jesus, and so we just give you, God. I just give you the staff, God. I give you the 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 authority. That you've placed on me God I acquiesce for this season Lord and I and I entrust you to lead God and I entrust you to lead through Justin and AJ and Johnny and Robin and, and the elders God I trust you to lead and we trust you to lead God and we bless what you're doing in the name of Jesus we bless what you're doing Lord and we humble ourselves before you God, as a community, we humble ourselves before your mighty hand. We say we trust you tonight. Have your way in us, oh God, we pray. Amen.